Louis. Um, we're back. We are back. My dinosaur, sorry. Uh, my, Kevin, wow. <laughs> uh, anything I was about to say it is out the out, window. Out the window. I love the movie so much. I've actually never seen it, but uh. I used to. I used to make that joke way back. Forever and a day ago, I had a p- podcast. Which and, one? Which uh, of your ten thousand podcasts? Uh, it, podcast sh- it shall slot. not be named for the for the earth has been salted. Mm, it, but mm. it was the first one, and um, and <laughs> it's salted. And we're uh, back at Dennis's story. Um, I would make that joke constantly, and my co-host Brian would always be like, "That's such a dated reference." Okay, well, relax, Brian. <laughs> it's, you're it's you're like, like we're not friends anymore. You should have been like, "It's carbon dated because it's a dinosaur." <laughs> Zing. But welcome everyone. Welcome to the mixed reviews. We're podcast about movies. We take, we take, we take. <laughs> we uh, we either take and or talk um, about a, a movie subject, either a uh, actor, actress, um, some sort of subject, a director, a genre, and we d- dive deep into their bios. We uh, pick what we like, what we don't like, and uh, we just like mix up the reviews. You know, absolutely. We have fun. Uh, last week, so this is an interesting, uh, different version of our old business section. Yes. Because last episode, we did our 50th episode, and there, there was no reason to have a poll. Yeah, so there's so, no poll. No, there's no poll. Uh, but before we do move into this week's subject, I do want to... Quiet, dog. No. <laughs> Just the back talk. Yeah, back talk. The disrespect. <laughs> In my house? Before we move into our rewind section and talk about this week's subject, I do want to say we've actually recently gotten a bunch of new reviews yeah. on iTunes, and every time that I say, you know, ask for reviews, I say we will read them on the show. So I'm going to hold up to that promise and read these three that we got real quick. Uh, our first one is from Tony. It says, Run, Don't Walk. Uh, I anticipate every new episode and love how much these two are constantly surprising me with each new episode and topics. Can't wait for the next one. Thanks, Tony. From Eggsta, we got Love This Podcast. So much good info and so much fun. And from Michelle, we got a great review called Respect Research and Great Chemistry. Mm, And mm, it mm. reads, uh, The Mixed Reviews is a fantastic podcast with a great concept. These guys stick to a topic with light riffing, but always getting back to the point. Very light, very light. (laughs) And have their research. Uh, they also have genuine interest in their subjects and are not to tear anyone down. Thank you for that, by the way, because that's a very important thing that we do. Uh, in the biography rewind section of the show, Gavin and Louie don't follow the media gossip narrative of actors, but focus on career, sometimes touching on philanthropic activities. Also appreciated is their resolve not to bring relationships slash children into the conversation if the actor is protective of those topics. The chemistry is great. Louie's reactions are precious. <laughs> <laughs> this is the perfect mix of entertainment and information. Thank you so much for that, Michelle, because, and I, 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 like, I'm not, like, trying to be, like, we're reading reviews just to show how great we are, but, uh, I, when we started this podcast, I don't know if that's, that was our initial mission, but I'm glad it kind of became our mission because it's so much more interesting to talk about these actors or directors or, or these genres in, in an analytical way, instead of just being like, oh my god, this is who they're dating. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's my other podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not nearly as precious there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, very sweet, and I think we, I don't know, we try to they're human beings. Yeah. And I think, well, I think that's the important thing to remember too is, yeah, they're human beings. They are people with real lives and they're, you know, as different as they are from ours, it's still enough to treat them with respect. Yeah. And, 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 and he, there are enough people out there being gross about all sorts of things and we try to 
Um, only be gross with each other. <laughs> I stop that. Stop. Um, I do want to also say, by the way, Tony, uh, the first review, uh, is a friend of mine, and he co-hosts a really great podcast called the MLVC Podcast, the Madonna Podcast. Love that. I will say, I'm not the world's biggest, I'm not like a huge Madonna fan. I fucking love this podcast. Yeah? It's good. It's hosted by him and his friend Stefan, and they're great because they're fans, but as they often say, they're not cult members. Okay, good. So they can be critical as well as they're dissecting Appre- appreciative, Madonna's art. But, you know, not um, chained to the rhythm, exactly. Katie <laughs> Exactly. Come on, Bo. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, but anyways, now that we've finished that old business, yes. let's get into this week's topic. I know. So this week we're talking about Melissa McCarthy. Oh, heck yeah, we are. What a fun, fun... This has been a fun... A uh, couple weeks to yeah. a lot of rewatching, I think, on both of our ends. We, I, You know, I will say this. <laughs> the one negative of coming into the Melissa McCarthy episode is the movies I had not seen were the movies I purposefully skipped. Wow. And, wow. yikes a Gavin. A lot, a lot of them... Okay, listen. Okay, I had I've I'd seen a majority of the movies. Me too. Me too. Even uh, and and the ones that I had, and we'll get into this. Um, there were certain movies where I'm like, oh, we're gonna have to get back to those movies that I didn't like. Rewatching them, I don't know if I'm a new man, a new woman, <laughs> even. I I um liked them a lot more now. Um, I found that I you know Melissa McCarthy is such a singular um presence. Uh, artist in Hollywood right now. Um, I was talking uh, to friends today about, you know, we talk a lot about how there's not really a Robin Williams or Jim Carrey type presence in our lives um, or for modern generation. I think Melissa McCarthy might be it. By the way, we both have a glass of rosé and Melissa McCarthy's honor. That was a beautiful oh, clink. Gorgeous. Uh, the sound design on this? <laughs> Get them an Oscar. <laughs> Thank you, Pedro. Mm-hmm. You're doing a great job in engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. Yeah. Um, no, but so Melissa McCarthy, why did we choose her? So, we cho- first of all, we chose her because she has a new movie out called yep. The Kitchen. The Kitchen's out now. It's out now. Um, we'll probably talk a little bit about it in the fast forward, but just a heads up, neither Louie or I have seen we it. We did not go see um, it. We're bad hosts, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, but, uh, but one of the things I liked about when you pitched me on Melissa McCarthy was the idea that we haven't done that many comedians. Yeah. Um, and she is, for the most part, I would say 90, 85 to 90% of her films are comedic performances. Yep. And uh, what's interesting about that is, I think it leads to a lot of discussion about how a character is formed, because mm-hmm. I think it's very um, easy to sort of come up with a dramatic character to I- identify like what those characters' wants and needs are and how they go about getting them. Yep. I think when you layer the absurdity of a of a comedic universe on top of it yeah uh those things get a little more muddy and i think i think you as an audience member have to do a little more work or sometimes the work isn't there to be done well it's funny she a lot of the characters she plays they are characters that she has birthed like from her brain so whether it's tammy michelle darnell whatever her character's name in brighton (laughs) is these are those are all very specific choices she's making about like this character as a holistic choice, you know, uh, it's, she's definitely a character actor. She is right. not, you know, and here's Melissa McCarthy. She does have a, a, a sense of, uh, a comedy sense, you know, a comedic take that where it's similar in her, um, delivery and stuff. But, and, and I would say that kind of, uh, is wrapped in her physicality Absolutely. because she is the queen of Pratt Falls. Oh yeah. Um, and she's not afraid to do anything with her body. One of my favorite, um, things in researching this was 
finding out from the movie Spy specifically that they were they went into the film being very protective of Melissa McCarthy and being like she can't do these things yep. and then she was like no I can right. and so as the film went on the amount the stunt double was used kept decreasing because Melissa kept being like I can, can do, do these things yeah. and I don't I don't know I think I think that's the I think that's the other interesting thing to think about is how um, in charge of her career she's been yeah. since basically post-Bridesmaids. And yeah. that's not to say that she wasn't beforehand, but she is, she's very much a self-made person. She's a working actor, uh, comedic background, worked up through TV. But after Bridesmaids, after she got this breakout hit and an Academy Award nomination for supporting actor, which once again, does not happen yeah. that often for comedic performances... She basically moved into the driver's seat of her own career, which yeah. doesn't a happen for a lot of women mm-hmm. or b young women. Yeah, you and, know, and and on top of that, she is a woman of size. Yes, you know, um, there is just no one like her. Um, you know, uh, there there certainly have been uh forebears. You think of Queen Latifah. Yeah, she's not the only you know right. plus size comedian female out there, but. Uh, the extent that uh, Melissa has been able to really take charge of her career is, is I mean, who would have thunk Suki St. James? I know would have been the 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 full mega star. And and like she she's definitely not been protected from those kinds of criticisms either. Oh, yeah. Famously, um, the Rex Reed review of Tammy yep. was just a vulgar attack on her size. Yeah. And a lot of critics went to bat for her. Um, not just critics. I mean, Seth MacFarlane brought it up at the Oscars. Paul Feig tweeted Rex Reed, fuck you. Yeah. Um, and, Truly. And he does, he deserves admonishment for doing something like that. I'm not going to read you guys his review because I do think it's actually really appalling yeah. and I don't recommend looking it up, but just know that this happened and being a celebrity does not exempt you from this sort of thing. But it's also, since you brought it up, it is the unfortunate part of her as as a lead character is I do feel oftentimes her films are weighted down as like, she's, look, she's a normal person too. Like, like her size doesn't matter. And I feel that that card gets played a a lot in her films. Mm. We'll talk probably about this more a little bit later. But it's one of those things where I, I don't know I mean, it's you. Obviously, you certainly see it more in women's film, anyways. But I, uh, but I noticed a majority of her films have a makeover scene, mm. and that that bothered me just a little bit. I know that's once again, other women are not free from that either. You know, Sandra Bullock's been in plenty of movies where they've decided, you know, she has to go through a makeover. Julia Roberts, it's the same thing. But I, but I did find it weird that like even in Life of the Party where she's playing mm. a woman in her 40s, she's playing her age range and everything, there's a scene in which her daughter has to, like, redo her makeup and her hair and everything, and I was just like, do, do I have to see this in every movie she's in? I mean, I think... I don't know, should we talk about this now? Should we talk about this now? Should we, we, should we get into yeah, it? Well, we'll table it. We'll table okay. it. But, I, but it's just something interesting to think about until after the rewind. Okay. I think our reviews might be mixed here. Yeah. So let's get into the rewind. Melissa McCarthy, uh, born August 26, 1970, which makes her 48. 48 years Once old. Once again, 
Yeah. She is very young. She was born in Plainfield, Illinois, to Sandra and Michael McCarthy. Uh, she's cousin of Jenny McCarthy, famous anti-vaxxer. And um, that's what she's known for. That's now, what right? she is known yeah, for. Yeah. Um, and basketball player Joanne McCarthy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, isn't that great? She's raised on a large farm in Illinois um, to a Catholic family. Um, and they're... Their family is of Irish descent, but it's really funny to listen to her talk about her siblings and her father. And she said um, her, her father does this thing where he's constantly trying to scare them. It's like a big thing in their family because it's <laughs> it's a little bit about like like the jumping out and scaring. Yeah, them. Like, yeah, yeah. For some reason, we did a lot of scaring. So it, was really, it got really elaborate and probably semi-dangerous. My dad still, my mom will be on the phone with me and she's just talking normally and all of a sudden it'll be like, oh my God, oh, oh. It's like your dad was in the closet. Oh God, he had a coat on his head. Like there's still, I love that like my dad at any given moment is somewhere, like if we were in this room, like he's in the desk. My dad used to do that to me. I, I would like, we had a uh, hallway closet. Um, He'd be in there for hours and hours. <laughs> <laughs> Days would pass by. He didn't have patience. <laughs> finally, we found father's body. Um, but, um, One day I finally went down that hallway. <laughs> yes, exactly. I heard a cough. I, I don't know. I think that's very charming. I love the fact that she has this very interesting normal background. Uh, uh, oh, in her life? As a youngster, if you will, and like leading into high school, was such a like normal oh, yeah. girl. She was like... Student council, cheerleading, tons of friends, popular. Yeah. Um, and then things took a turn. She's talked a lot about how around the junior year of her of high school, she decided, you know, to Little Mermaid. What if something else was out there? She yes. wanted something more. And she began, she turned into a goth punk girl. And she said she started wearing... Um, fishnets and would have like patches in her hair she like fell out of all like the school things i know and would start um she said she loved the cure so much she like idolized him and his hair and the makeup and would go to chicago with like other little rebellious teens and would go out dancing and like she said she kind of became like a little bad girl she was she was drinking her wine coolers (laughs) um but yeah she said she wanted to be like a rebel and she wanted to like be in the scene and like the chicago nightlife was like calling her name um and i love that so much i i also love the idea that you know growing up in Illinois, like, the closest city is Chicago, and, like, that's her... Because I grew up in New York, so, like, yeah. New York City was always, like... Boop, boop, boop. For me, it was San Antonio. Yes! God. <laughs> exactly. ah, no, but but seriously, that's that's, that's your point of view. That's the big your... city, the, the bright lights of the Alamo called my name. So she wanted to go to FIT to go to fashion school. That's right. Correct. And her mom said, honey, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's, I don't think so, honey. That's the joke, but whatever. Um... <laughs> Essentially because she was such a bad girl. They were like, "We, you're going to go fucking kill yourself in New York if we let you out of sight. So she went to like Southern Illinois University, was there for like maybe a year and a half-ish um, doing fashion design. And uh, she dropped out and moved to Colorado. And she was out there and she said she's never felt more like as an outsider than living in Colorado. One of her good, honestly, her her gay BFF, he went, he visited her and was like, bitch, what are you doing? <laughs> You need to be in New York. Um, and literally two days later, she moved to New York with him. That's right. And they, she didn't know that he was actually staying with a, like, he didn't, he didn't have a place. He was staying with another girl. And so it was that New York thing where it's like, oh, my friend's staying with us now. She said she would sleep on the floor and that they had no money. They, like, literally she was like, we were eating, like, sharing a bagel a day. Her and this guy, they finally got a place together and they lived, um, above Joe Allen's. 
um, which is like this legendary Broadway um, uh, eatery. It's it's very it's kind of fancy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's because this guy though he said you need to do shows. You need to do start doing stand up. And her first show was at the duplex. And they and and they, she said that like she brought down the house. Like everyone was like, oh my god. And um, she's she was doing drag in New York. We'd always kind of talked about this thing called like the Miss Y show. And I think we would go out and I would tell, you know, I didn't really tell jokes. I just told weird long <laughs> stories and I kind of assumed other characters. And, you know, it was just like a way to make people laugh. And it was just dumb. And he thought he's like, you should do it. You're here now. You should do it. And I didn't know enough to even know how much prep should go into that, that you should write something for God's <laughs> sakes. And I went up and, you know, I had a big wig on and this crazy like silver outfit. And I guess a telling sign, I didn't want to go on as myself. <laughs> I had nothing to say as me. Right. I was like, I don't know what I would talk about, right. but I can take on a character and have all right. sorts of stories and opinions, but I had none of my own. And so I went on and did that. And I just told strange stories about having so much money and what that was like in New York and just really I think what in initially seemed like I was complimenting myself mm-hmm. until like it just kept getting more extreme and then I think people finally caught on that it was all bullshit yes. and then they were like <laughs> oh, okay and I remember that first and I'm sure it was terrible but I do remember that first thing of where I'm like uh-oh Maybe I should have prepared for this, but I just kept going. She she just she was so green to it. She thought right. she had to make new jokes for every time she did a set. <laughs> and oh my god, that's so much pressure. I know. Um, and she also said she she finally fell out of doing stand up just because um, she couldn't deal with the heckling. Um, she said, you know, you have to have this certain type of like toughness, and you have to. She's like, I just don't want to spend any time of my five minutes having to deal with like some drunk asshole telling me to take my top off. So after that, she started doing like very off-Broadway things. Yes, and she says that she took jobs that were, like, the more dramatic, the better. And part of that is, is she says she's always more interested in characters who are sort of, like, on a completely opposite spectrum of who she is. But she also said during the time it was difficult to find parts for women that weren't just a lot of, like, oh, Joe. Yeah, yeah. It was all the parts that I used to read auditioning that I felt like I kept go back through scripts and I'm like, I say, oh, like, oh, John, oh, John, oh, John, oh, Carl. I was like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I, I need a part. I don't know how to just stand behind, like, my husband and go, mm-hmm. And I was always bummed of, like, why is she always a bummer? Why can't, if the guy's funny, why can't, isn't a funny guy usually have a funny wife? And all of a sudden, though, you know, times are changing. The club kid days are ending um, she's falling out of love with stand-up, um, and all, I kind of, I guess, like, how all artists, or not all, but the New York actors are like, to L.A. we go! Yes! <laughs> and she said four of her best friends moved to L.A., and she said, I guess it's time to go, you know? Uh, and so she moved to L.A. Yes, and in L.A., she joins the Groundlings, very famous comedy troupe. Also, she, she thought coming to L.A. It was going to be so much theater. She thought there was going to be more theater in L.A. than New York. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Anyone who's out there, please. Yeah, exactly. There's no... If, if you're out there for theater, no. No. Um, she said she, like, circled two places in, like, the paper. The first one she went to was Groundlings, and she saw um, Kathy Griffin, Jennifer Coolidge, and this, all these, like, titans of the time doing shows there, and she fell in love. That's amazing. Uh, applied for the Groundlings, got accepted, 
And, um, and yeah, like you said, she, that's where she met her, um, now husband Ben. Yes. And they did so many shows together. The Groundlings Theater in LA is, was, has, has had such a massive impact on me. I think it's, it's hard. They don't pull any punches. Um, they, they tell you when, what you're doing is working and why it's not. And I think coming up in that, when you think, this is so funny, I'm, this, I'm having this great original thought and you've got somebody who is had a lot of years under their belt and really a lot of expertise and they're going you know every single person tries that it's not original and you're like but i think you take you take all your punches and you learn to not be so precious about it so i feel like when you when you get finally get the opportunity to maybe actually get a job and work you just keep trying things and something's going to work and you're not so precious they're like somebody doesn't like that great throw it away try something else it makes you kind of open up and, and be a little more pliable. And it's also, as you mentioned previously, where she began to develop characters that yeah. would carry her on, carry on throughout her career. Yeah. And um, I was listening to her on the Hollywood Reporter podcast and she talks about how, and, and he asks her about like, you know, so many of the people that you were working with eventually made it to SNL. And he was like, was that something that you ever wanted? And, you know, and she was like, literally the one day I didn't go to do a show was the day that the SNL people came, showed up for like the tryouts and stuff. Um, and, and it's wild. And now she has a fucking Emmy for being on SNL now right. as a guest host. And every time she's on, she fucking kills. Yeah, she kills, she kills it. it. Yeah. Um, and I can only imagine, you know, like if. I mean, she, she was basically last year a de facto member of the cast. Yeah. Showing up whenever they needed her to play Sean Spicer. Ugh, iconic so. performance. Uh, yeah. And so she. And she says, like, going to Groundlings was, like, her college to her because that's yeah. where she learned how to write. And I think so that's the that's the, the key difference from between doing stand-up and finding improv. And right. She said she couldn't believe that they were making up all this on the spot. She also, while she's in, I believe while she's in L.A., she meets uh, John August. Um, I don't know who that is. He is a writer. Okay. And he wrote the movie Go. Oh. She has a very small role in the we movie We saw that Go. together. Yeah. Um, that she's very funny in. Um, and she also does uh, his short film called God, where she it's a 10, 12 minute piece you can find it on YouTube. John August has put it up himself. He directed it. And she's a woman who receives phone calls from God. He's really easy to talk to and way more tolerant than people would guess. Like the whole gay thing, Adam, Eve, he made the parts to go a certain way, but it's your Lego. Make your own fun. Mm. Or adultery. Bad idea. Mortal sin? Not so much. However, he is surprisingly hardcore about pork. Uh, go figure. She'll eventually later on uh, kind of reprise that character um, in the movie The Nines that he also writes and directs oh, later right. on. That's right. Uh, so and we'll probably get to that later. Uh, in just a bit, but you know, she starts doing all these small roles. She's in, she does like a small role in Drowning Mona, Disney's The Kid, Charlie's Angels, The Third Wheel, and The Life of David Gale. That Charlie's Angels cameo? Yeah. Holy shit. We must be Nazarens. <laughs> I'm Doris. I'm sorry for all this confusion. I had you on the schedule for next week. <laughs> this week. I don't know what happened. <laughs> That's what I'm here to figure out. <laughs> well, you are the efficiency expert, huh? Yes, I am. Bitch, I heard that. Ooh, Barracuda. And imagine being in a scene with Lucy Liu, the way that Lucy Liu looks, yeah. and they have her Leather all done. skirt. Yeah, <laughs> like. and it's a full throw. It's, I, I can't remember, like, what, it's a throwaway scene about, like, you know, 
invading whatever. Yeah. And most of our riding crop. Yeah, yeah. And then I was gay. <laughs> you know? But like it it it, show, it it tells you so much about the uh the caliber yeah. of performer. The ability to steal a scene with looks alone, I, essentially. I know, you know? and it's it, it, oh god it, and that just, just watching that movie and that scene tells you so much about her career because she like unstoppable the force that she is unstoppable that eventually leads to her auditioning and receiving a role on the tv show gilmore girls she had an agent but the agent she said that wasn't sending her out they had let me go like the week before because i was i was looking around for other because they weren't sending me out right. so i started looking around for other agents my agent at the time found out, but I was like, but you're not sending me out, yeah. so shouldn't I go somewhere else? And she said, she was very mad at me <laughs> that I was like, I guess like cheating on her, but I'm like, but you haven't sent me yeah. out in like nine months. Right. So she let me go. She was really mad that wow. I was taking other meetings. I'm like, what? Yeah. And then the next week, I got Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls starts in 2000. Okay. Um, she plays Sookie St. James, who's the chef and business partner of Lorelai Gilmore's yes. best friend. Best, uh, um, and... I mean, she does all seven seasons of that show. Mm -hmm. um, and it really, like, gets her notices. You yeah. know, she she is klutzy, which ends up being a, kind of a hallmark of her career. Yeah. Um, but she's sweet and tenderhearted. And one of the things, and I don't want to get too much into this because it's not a Gilmore Girls podcast. I've seen every episode, though. Hello. Hello. Um, is I like the fact that her size is never the butt of the joke on the show. Yep. Now... I do think Amy Sherman Palladino does have some issues when it comes to that stuff. Mm. If you watch some of the other, especially even in the Revival series, one of the episodes begins oh, yeah. with like them commenting the, on the people's pool. bodies. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. And like people have tracked this, people that are smarter and, and more interested in tracking this stuff than I am, uh, have figured out that like this is a kind of a common theme in Amy Sherman Palladino's writing. I will say the treatment of Sookie St. James, though, is not that right she um is asked to do the uh standard or amy sherman pals you know quick yes. like delivery of everything and uh, 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 it's a physical performance too she's always in the kitchen she's whisking stuff yeah. carrying stuff around delivering a million lines per minute oh that could work what could work we're thinking of names for the inn we're gonna open oh my god what it's the title search for the rachel property and guess who owns it tell me it's not that master donald trump fran Fran from Weston's Bakery. Sweet little Fran, the cupcake lady, not some cigar chomping, dirty deal in city slicker. Oh, that's good. Hey, the country slicker. Funny name, cutesy idea. Mm, it's a little much. It's way too much. I'll yeah. call Fran. <gasps> Fran's old place. It'll be like Bruce Chris Steakhouse. People be trying to figure out who Fran is. <gasps> or the Inn Inn. It's like an inn that's in with the Inn crowd. I'm gonna go sit out. Dude, that's sweetie. Okay. And that really puts her on the map, you know? And they did over 100 episodes of uh, Gilmore Girls, and like you said, ran for seven seasons. So it wasn't, I mean, Gilmore Girls, it was, it was different in 2001. Yeah. yeah compared yeah. And to, you know, compared to now where we can see it on Netflix. Um, but you know, she wasn't a star yet. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so the next thing she does essentially on the, on the back end of Gilmore Girls ending is, uh, the Nines, mm -hmm. which is the movie I mentioned just pre previously. John August directed it, wrote it, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan stars Reynolds. In it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's fine. I haven't I mean, seen it. Oh, I watched it. She's so good in it. And okay. she has to play three different roles because it's essentially sort of 
three different stories, but they're all intertwined. And one of those roles is herself. And I will say, if you watch the movie just as like a writer writing about how writers are gods and they create things, it's like insanely self-indulgent. <laughs> but if you watch the movie and think about it as a love letter to his friend, Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. because you get to the end and you're like, oh, this movie's about her. Um, it's actually kind of nice. It's not great, but it's like nice. If if you're watching it for that, like and she's so good in it. Yeah. She's so funny. She she gets to do all, she gets to do the greatest hits that she'll eventually come to in the career. Uh, like yeah. she gets to be sweet. She gets to be real badass. She gets to be dramatic. She gets a, and it's, it's an interesting, I would say it's, it's one of the more interesting performances, even though it's perhaps not the best movie. Okay. Um, does a lot of TV after that and, and does, uh, a, you know, a bunch of, um, uh, independent comedies. The captain just had water, pretty ugly people. She stars on Samantha who with, uh, Christina Applegate. Christina Applegate. We talked about this in the JLo episode. She has a small, but very memorable role in the backup plan, mm, which is yes. not a good movie, but she's very funny. Yeah. She's it. very funny. I don't know who they called for that movie. They got a lot of hard hitters in that movie. Absolutely. Um, and then in 2010, which is one year before Bridesmaids, which we're going to get to in a moment. She's cast in CBS sitcom called Mike and Molly. Yeah. We are not a TV show podcast, even though we just talked about Gilmore Girls. Uh-huh. But I will say, I have not seen any more of Mike and Molly than the pilot, which I saw years ago, because at some point I'd convinced myself I needed to see all the pilots of things and write about them. I was insane back then. Uh, back then? <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And I hated the pilot, okay. and I thought it was, like, really... It did everything I was just talking about that I was happy Gilmore Girls didn't do. It was all about her weight, and I think it was done under the heavy guise of, like, like oh, but fat people are, are people, too. And I am not the thinnest person in the world, so I'm perhaps more sensitive to that than other people, but it felt like... A majority of the jokes, 60 to 70% of the jokes were like, oh, fat people. Right. She talks about, I mean, and this is just like what I listened to today, her talking about um, her career. And she said she was very wary going into Mike and Molly. My first reaction was no thanks. Why? Because I didn't want to do something that was just on a topic of weight. Not for any other reason than I just thought, oh, God, it's bo-. like, I just... I don't find it interesting. It's not a storyline. It didn't feel like there was anywhere to go with it. And then I read it, and I thought, oh, it's a. it felt like a romantic comedy. It's a Chuck Lorre, uh, multicam. Yeah, I was going to say, Two and a Half Men, Big Bang Theory. The greatest hits that your grandma yeah. loves. Yeah, and she said she had, like, essentially she said the show turned into so much more. She, she even said the logline of the show is two people meet at, Overeaters Anonymous. Right. And, like, she kind of, like, groaned at it. And then the show kind of grew from there, um, which I guess is what you need to sell a fucking show to CBS. Right. Who the fuck knows? Um, I just, when I was, like, doing research for this, like, I just kept on finding clips. And the one that stuck with me was, like, a date between Mike and Molly ending. And they were, like, they're like oh, they're standing outside the front door. And they're, like, oh, it's that awkward time in the evening where you're about to leave and you really have to ask the other person who's going to keep the leftovers. And I was just like, fuck you. Like, what? Like, who's going to keep the leftovers? Yeah, just, Low hanging fruit. Yes. Over at CVS. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but 2011 comes around and she's cast in Bridesmaids. 
Yes. And she goes off like a fucking nuclear bomb. Yes, absolutely. This, uh, she talks about, uh, going to audition for this. She, like, read the part, and in her head, she fashioned the character of Megan after Guy Fieri. Oh my god. So everyone go rewatch Bridesmaids, but have that in your head. Yeah, have just that. Keep that. If someone could deep fake Guy yeah. Fieri's face yeah. on the Just as Megan. Yeah. Um, and she says that she did a lot of, she improvised a lot and did a whole bit about having sex with dolphins. And she, and she says after the audition, she was like, what the fuck did I just do? I just, she was like, what was I saying in there? Like a fucking psychopath talking about dolphin sex. Um, but, uh, Kristen Wiig and um, Paul Feig said that like as soon as she walked out, they high fived each other and said "fuck yeah," and honestly, fuck yeah, that movie slaps. Absolutely, I one hundred percent agree. I mean, the the script co written by Kristen Wiig, mm-hmm. Paul Feig directing it, and it's really, um, you know, it's a Judd Apatow production, and I have I have trouble as an editor with. Judd Apatow's movies because I think sometimes they prize the joke over the edit and the length of the joke over an edit, which is really frustrating because as an audience member, I don't know how it carries off to another person. But for me, I'm watching a never ending 10 minute joke of two characters saying, you know how you're gay, Um, where, you know, maybe that plays better for everybody else. But I'm just like, oh, my God, fucking cut to something (laughs) or or make it make sense, you know, make the the cuts make sense. And I, I I've talked about that before. But I think Bridesmaid is really well put together, really, like, and, and honors that, honors yeah. the script and the performances more in a, in a narrative way than I think a lot of Judd Apatow productions do. I think this is a really interesting role, though, because it's so much of her in yes. it. She, she's crafted the character. Um, she took Megan and made it her own. And I think you're going to see, you know, variations of Megan through her career. And it's, a confident woman who does her fucking job well. Right. Has, I mean, in this movie, she is the one. A little gross. A little gross, yeah. Which, which I kind of love. It's it's a big theme in Melissa McCarthy's career. It's like, women are humans, yeah. too. Yeah. And they can be gross. But, uh, but like, gross, but still, like, so confident. Sexually confident. Yeah. Um, as a friend, as... I mean, she is the one that slaps... Kristen Wiig out of her funk. Yeah. She is the one who says... Oh my god, so many dogs in that scene. I know. Oh my god. <laughs> take so many puppies. How many puppies did you take? I need to take a nine. <laughs> nine. Six would have probably been good. I think... I think you're ready now to hear a little story about a girl... girl named Megan. girl named Megan that didn't have a very good time in high school. I'm referring to myself when I say Megan. It's me, Megan. I know you look at me now and think, boy, she must have breezed through high school. Not the case, Annie. No, this was not easy going up and down the halls. Okay, they used to try to blow me up. They threw firecrackers at my head. Firecrackers. I mean, literally, I'm not saying that figuratively. I got firecrackers thrown at my head. They called me a freak. Do you think I let that break me? Think I went home to my mommy crying, oh, I don't have any friends. Oh, Megan doesn't have any friends. No, I did not. You know what I did? I pulled myself up. I studied really hard. I read every book in the library. And now, I work for the government. I have the highest possible security clearance. Don't repeat that. I can't protect you. I know where all the nukes are, and I know the codes. I won't say anything. You would be amazed. A lot of shopping malls. Don't repeat that. You don't see women like this in other movies. You just don't. And it's her size, but it's also... The way that her hair looks, you know, she's not afraid to uh, be this full human being that is 
because also I think I think Megan, uh, Megan, I think Melissa McCarthy is a very beautiful woman. Yes. You know? Oh, absolutely. And so when they want to give you that like impact of like boom beauty, she can deliver it. But uh, more often than not, I don't I don't think she's interested in that. I think she's interested in like these really funny characters who have like iconic silhouettes like bitch when was the last time you saw a character on screen with a fucking golf hat <laughs> on a woman yeah. okay like hello choices are being made uh so that same year she's nominated for uh-huh. an academy award for yeah. best supporting actor um what she gets instead is an emmy award for mike and molly yeah which is essentially the emmy saying congratulations on your role yeah in yeah bridesmaids no and, and that's what's insane though like truly um, there are uh, stories of saying like after um, Bridesmaids th- like literally the weekend after Bridesmaids she was getting calls from producers saying what do you have that you want to get made girl yeah and one of those things was Tammy Bridesmaids went off like a bomb like it's right. not an exaggeration to say everyone was watching that movie everyone was re-watching that movie like it it was and, and I, I like one of the things I've enjoyed about living in New York City is going to go see comedies in theaters. Oh, yes. Especially when a comedy is so fucking good. Yeah. And Bridesmaids and The Heat, which we'll get to in a moment, are two of the best times I've ever had in a movie theater yeah. watching a comedy. Yeah. And, and truly, like, going to the theater and having that community experience of watching these amazing women yeah. be funny. And and also, this movie became, like, the North Star of every journalism thing is that a time for women in comedy? You know, like, it, it became yeah. like, you know, oh, fuck, the movie can be successful, make tons of money. Bridesmaids is really the turning point in her career. Yeah. It's, you know, it is sort of the... the um, It's the ignition. It's, it's like, yes. the, it's the lighter fluid. It was like, she was a star, when I mean, we saw her as a star in Charlie's Angels, right. in Gilmore Girls, but this was the, like, big bang theory. Um, <laughs> and she's, you know, she basically can start doing whatever she wants. Her next lead role, though, is in Identity Thief, which, by the way, earlier I mentioned it wasn't Tammy, it was Identity Thief that Rex Reed wrote that terrible review of. Oh, oh, it was? Yeah, yeah. Oh. But what's interesting about uh, Identity Thief in terms of her casting is... There's uh, room for it, a man. Yeah, it's Jason Bateman vehicle, first of all, which is crazy to be in, to think of, like, 2013, you have to remember Rest Development was very big, but, like, going into 2019 now and being like, uh, Jason Bateman vehicle. vehicle. Um, and, you know, he saw her in Bridesmaids and requested they rewrite the role for her. Iconic. Um, and that's amazing of him. Good for him. Um, and, yeah, it's a, a man, a role written for a man. Um, I saw it for the first time, and I gotta admit, like, I... I know I like everybody told me how bad it is. I liked it because I liked her character arc a lot. So I think the thing, yes, yes, and improv. Um, I think uh, I, I saw it for the first time too, and I talked a little bit about um, in our um, drag episode yeah. about um, Adam Sandler and his characters that are meant to annoy. And I was thinking about it the whole time I was watching it. And and but then at the, and then later they're like, aha, you're an asshole because you don't empathize. And I was thinking about that watching this movie. And I was like, you know what? Most McCarthy has the fucking charisma to right. pull it off. Right. I and do that, empathize with and, her. And that's the thing, because I got 15 minutes in and I was thinking of the same thing. I was like, I fucking hate this character. There's nothing redeemable about this character. But it's the way that she plays it. And I can see it being held in other in other hands. And the, the funny thing is, is it reminded me so much of planes, trains, and automobiles. And then I read that was like the main inspiration for making wow. the film. And so I was like, oh, I, I get it now. She is essentially playing John Candy's role, but like a worse person because she is stealing from people. And I do think the, the movie gets a little muddy around that territory. And I yeah. think that could have been maybe worked a little more. They're like, 
their opposites where he's like morally you're wrong and she's yeah. like well morally I'm right and it's like no she's not but, but I think it's it and we're gonna see this in a lot of her other characters as well it's like it's I I am more apt to empathize with this woman like when you say like an Adam Sandler character who's just like this white cis guy who like what what struggles have you been through that like right. you know to become a bad person as opposed to a, a woman who has been hurt you know right. and has uh, struggled in life um, to be loved, you know, it, it it's easier to get there with someone like Melissa McCarthy, and she pulls it off every single time. We see this happen in a lot of her movies, um, in The Boss, in Life of the Party. Um, it's I I will, and this is maybe where we're gonna have to come back to it. Like, uh-oh. I will disagree on some of those actually. Um, uh, well, I'm saying though is that. She it does it happens. Oh, it happens. I'm okay. not saying I'm saying it's a it's a trend in her movies where it's like it is a woman right. who has been hurt somehow, right. and that is why they are um, bad or you know right. uh, immoral. This is weird. Why won't you tell me your name? It can't be worse than Sandy. Because I don't know it. Come on. I don't know it. You don't know. I don't know it. Really? What about your family? What about what about Morganville, Wisconsin? Are you telling me that was all bullshit? No. There's a great little town. It's Morganville, in Wisconsin. And there's a really, really nice little police station in the center of town where people that don't want their babies can leave them. So what name is it that you want? Because I had six of them by the time I was through foster care. Same year is The Heat, which we brought up before. Her second film with Paul Feig, uh, starring Sandra Bullock uh, as her co-star. Also written by a woman as well. This um, is the 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 trifecta right. of the heat. We've talked about it first in Buddy Cop films. Yes. Then in Sandra, Sandra Bullock, and now completing the yeah. circle. Absolutely. So unless we do an episode on the guy that played Biff in uh, Back to the Future, <laughs> it's coming soon. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but you know the film uh, was released uh, June twenty eighth, big summer release. Yeah. Uh, twenty thirteen makes a butt ton of money. Yeah. It was. It, McCarthy was labeled box office gold. It grossed $229 million worldwide. Uh, as we mentioned before, it's buddy cop film, Sandra Bullock's straight-laced FBI agent. Uh-huh. Melissa McCarthy's the, like, totally out-of-line cop. Yeah. Just, you know. the, ho- the scene of her being like, can you find your balls? No. Not in there. There's nothing I could do, Mullins. The FBI has jurisdiction. Maybe they're in here. Oh, Maybe on. they're in here. No. Would you stop? Would no, you stop? they're not in there. What see. is she doing? I'm not under there. She's looking for my balls. Hey, if anyone sees the captain's balls, let me know. They're about this big, but a lot tinier. Again, in this movie, so her kind of like um, flaw in this movie is like her family. Yeah. It, it, she had to put her brother away from right. jail. And so she's she, like a gruff Irish cop. Yeah. Like, God, what, another fucking great scene. The Irish family just being assholes at the table. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's like a, it's a full living, breathing character. Yeah. And, you know, she brought a lot of it. And just, like, their chemistry is perfect. Right. Next year, summer release, Tammy. Ben Falcone, whom she met in the Groundlings, uh, directs. Yeah. And, by the, they're married by this time. They, yes. They were married by Bridesmaids. You yes. Know, they, the, very early on. He, I mean, he's basically in every one of her movies. Yeah. Be in a very small role, like in Bridesmaids, where yeah. she wants to fuck him. Uh-huh. Air Marshal. Air Marshal. Or, like, in Spy, where he's, like, trying to find Popeyes in uh, yeah. fucking Budapest. Um, but, uh, yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. Like, the, What I, are your thoughts on Tammy? I, Tammy probably, like, at the time was, like, you know, everyone... I mean... 
I remember seeing this in San Francisco by myself just because I was like, I will go see anything with Melissa in it. Um, and because this was one of, was this one of the, or if not the first thing that she had written yes and that he had directed yeah and, and so it and was kind of like co-wrote it together and they have a production company yes um, and so this was i think their first release um and so this was kind of like the first time that they were like on their own outside of like a big studio system and people writing for them um uh, and i i remember the reviews were not great um i would like to come back to tammy okay <laughs> okay <laughs> her next thing she does is she does a small dramatic dramedy role um, in St. Vincent with uh, against Bill Murray. I know. Um, I started watching that movie for the first time. Yeah. And I was like, why do we like Bill Murray? And then I finished the movie and I was like, okay. Yeah. I'll, I I'll allow it. I remember liking it, I'll not loving it. it. And she's, but she's good in it. She's, you know, she's... And also, very rare for me, I like the kid. I like the kid. <laughs> he wasn't annoying. Um, the uh, And then 2015, she does Spy with Paul Feig. <sighs> Which is a just banger. amazing. A banger. Oh Rose Byrne. It's also Paul... I mentioned it's also Paul Feig. Um, so this is her third collaboration with him. She receives her first Golden Globe Award nomination. And um, I mentioned all the physical stuff that she has to do for it. Uh, I love the story about how she was introduced to the film, which was Paul Feig is her neighbor. And so they were having dinner together and he was telling her about the movie and she was like, give me that script. Give it to me. Give me the script. I want to read the script. <laughs> um, I love that about her. Um, and also in 2015, uh, she received her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. God. Um, Deserve same, it. Same year, Forbes ranked her as the third highest paid actress. Yes. Go earnings off. Earnings of $23 million. Go off. Yeah. Um, she started in The Boss in 2016 with a character that she had created for, in the Groundlings. Michelle Darnell. Michelle Darnell. She even said that uh, during the making of the film, uh, you know, Michelle Darnell wears these turtlenecks that go all the way up to her neck. There is no the neck. Two, yeah, to it's like chin. chin. Um, and the director was like, why does she wear? And she was like, she just does. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she has said it. every character starts with a wig. Yeah. Before anything else happens, she finds the wig can we talk about wig work, by the way? Please. I I know a lot of people, like a lot of lot of actresses, a lot of I hate the phrase actress sexual, but I know a lot of people identify as that <laughs> on Twitter. Um, and they talk about wig work, and they're like, "Oh, this person does such a good wig." I don't know if there's anyone <laughs> we don't talk enough who does wigs like Melissa McCarthy. We don't talk enough. We she don't. pulls it off, uh-huh. like who, like, literally. Mm-hmm. Th- that's like, yeah, that could be her hair. I believe it. And. I will say Michelle Darnell and The Boss is one of those movies that I came back to and I was like, you know what? I didn't give enough credit. It's not her best movie. No. But again, this I, I, I just love the silhouettes of these characters she creates. Yes. The hair, the turtleneck, like and her just like being the way the way that she the way that she, she moves. moves. And I and I love the fact that like, you know, we've seen her be kind of gruff and mean before. What's interesting about the Michelle Darnell character is she is a, a like a, she's I mean Obviously, she like learns her lesson, but she's kind of a truly bad person. Yeah. Um, but her, but believes she's like higher echelon. This so is the most a, Trumpian of her characters. Yeah, so she does a lot of like whispering her fucking insults uh-huh. to people, and like she's like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you. I'm gonna yeah. fucking kill you." Oh, you want to go to lunch? Sure, yeah, yeah. it's a date. Yeah. yeah like uh, the the best part of this movie is her interaction with those little fucking Girl Scout yeah. bitches. Forget it, Michelle. Let's just start on the next block. No, 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 no. Second rule of business is when a stanky, hummus-eaten bitch and her yeti of a daughter gets in your face, you gotta regulate. It's not as much of a throwaway movie as I thought it was. 
when I first saw it. Um, she also makes her fourth collaboration with Paul Feig, which is the Ghostbusters remake. Um, this is the second time I think it's been brought up on the podcast. Yep. And the second time, oh, Chris Hemsworth. Right. I don't think there was any more. And I think it's the second time we're just going to breeze on by. Yep. Um, <laughs> in uh, 2016, she takes over the role of Lee Israel yes. from the departed Julianne Moore. She's not dead, though. No, no. Yeah, Julianne Moore's dead. <laughs> um, no, from we did her episode. She's gone now. She's gone. Um, she takes over the role from Julianne Moore, who had left over creative differences. Uh, at the time that we did the Julianne Moore episode, it was like, oh, that really sucks. Yeah. More stuff came out, and it yeah. sounds like Julianne Moore wanted to do it in a fat suit. Crazy. And now I'm like, oh. Why? Well, maybe, maybe we should have checked with Mary Heller before we started siding with Julianne Moore on that one. Um, whatever. Rumors, conjecture, whatever. Right. It's going to always be between them. But thank goodness Melissa McCarthy gets that one. Yeah. It is it labeled her first big dramatic role. Um, it's an incredibly good performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, also great wig work. That movie is so special. It feels like such a beautiful slice of New York yeah. life in that we don't see a lot um, anymore. You know, I watched a bunch of interviews with her about this movie because I feel like that's the most press she did because she was also nominated for lead actress and yeah. at the Academy Awards. And she kind of talks about how she doesn't, she doesn't approve, obviously, of what Lee Israel did. Lee Israel, right. for those who don't know, can you for, ever forgive me? Lee Israel is an author, biographer yep. who has uh, fallen on hard times, and she starts forging letters of famous literary people and yeah. selling them back to bookstores for a high amount. Essentially, fraud. What she says in these interviews is, she's like, I can't condone these crimes, but like, I mean, I'm clearly on her side. She grifted people. There's, I'm not saying that it, it's okay what she did. It's the gentlest grift I've ever heard of that people got conned, and I, I don't take that lightly, but also she she was in absolute desperation. These forgeries were put in biographies. Um, I mean, she was so good, and this was her, like, outlet for writing. I mean, also, I mean, it, it cannot be um, overlooked that this movie is a queer classique yeah absolutely there, there's a beautiful moment where she's just at a bar watching justin vivian bond she's just like watching her um and she's drinking and just like by herself and this like yeah richard e grant's gone off to the bar yeah v is performing out there if it's honestly i've seen justin vivian bond perform many many times v is so good uh they're gender non-binary they go by v mm. by the way uh and yeah just I, if you are ever in New York, honestly, and Justin Vivian Bond is playing, you owe it to yourself to get your ass to Joe's Pub and, and yeah, watch go them find them. Yeah. It's and and I remember I was watching with my boyfriend, and we were just like so touched and moved by this movie. It's um seeing this like queer friendship. Yeah, they're both very spiky characters, especially Lee Israel. Um, and yeah, well, that's what, she talked about how like that drew her to Lee Israel because. She is such the opposite of Melissa McCarthy. Within the first 15 pages of the script, I just thought, oh, I like her quite a bit. I'm not sure why. And I thought, I don't know, but I'm fully rooting for her already. I mean, the interest was and is always someone who's much further from myself. So I just want people to look up and, and notice people. I feel like we're so separate now. And I do think all the time, like, look up. Anyone, you don't know who's passing you. You could be passing Lee Israel, who is sure going to be more interesting and smarter and funnier than than the average than the average person. So don't like, don't underestimate people. 
Beautiful movie. Beautiful movie. Absolutely. As we mentioned before, 2017, she starts guesting on Saturday Night Live. She wins a Primetime Emmy Award yes. for that. Playing, her second. Yeah. Uh, playing Sean Spicer repeatedly. <laughs> um, and that's really much it for her career. She has, as we mentioned, The Kitchen. We'll talk about that later. Wait, she also had um, Life of the Party. Oh, Life of the Party. I totally forgot. Yes. Yeah. So, in, sorry, before... Uh, can you forgive me? She does Life of the Party, which is the third film that she's co-written that her husband has directed. It's weirdly sweet. A lot of these movies, I think, are such a refreshing, like, even even if they're not as successful um, with the landing, I'm just, like, so happy to have the opportunity to see, like, a woman taking, like, this trope and being like, yeah, we're going to do a, like, mother-daughter, same college thing. But it's not going to be about me, like, embarrassing my daughter. It's about, like, female empowerment and, like, doing your own fucking thing. You don't see that a lot. No. that is, I mean, that is very true. And, and I, I guess I should be giving some of these films more credit for that as well. And it's crazy because I, the first time I saw them, I wasn't giving them credit. Yeah. But now. maybe that's my thing because I was seeing a lot of them for the first time. Um, the uh, In terms of her personal life, we mentioned Ben Falcone. She's been married to Ben Falcone since uh, 2005. They got married on October 8th. Uh, her pregnancy had to be written into the final season of Gilmore Girls uh, back in 2007. Oh, that's right. Uh, she has two daughters, Vivian and Georgette, which I think are so beautiful. Names. beautiful. Uh, yeah. Classy, um, classy, classy. Um, and uh, they both made appearances in the film The Boss. Um, one of them played a younger version of Michelle Darnell. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. And But McCarthy and Falcone have both said that their kids need to focus on their education before pursuing acting careers. You Love know, that. Falcone, was we mentioned, he's in almost every movie <laughs> that she's in. Uh, he's in The Nines, Bridesmaids, The Heat, Tammy, Identity Thief, Spy, The Boss, Life of the Party, Happy Times Murders, and Can You Ever Forget? We forgot Happy Time Murders. We'll probably talk about it. Um, also, we forgot... So, did you see that movie? It's like... Um, Cook-Off. Cook-Off. From 2007, but was not released, I want to say, until last year. And, and and I will say, like, if you find... It's on Amazon Prime, if you have it. Um, they put Melissa McCarthy front and center. Yeah, and she's on, like, every image of it. She's, to my knowledge, she's in the movie so little. She's in one scene. And so this movie, just, like, really quickly, because it is, like, a very deep cut, um, but it's so available. Um, it's, like, everyone from Reno 911, and it's a Christopher Guest-esque movie docu-thing. It's all these, like, character actors doing these characters. Yeah. They're all um, home cooks going to the Van Ruckel cook-off. And um, I want to say Wendy wrote the screenplay. Um, and Melissa McCarthy shows up in a very Tammy-esque wig, I will say. Tell us what you're making. I am making a sweet potato, which is technically uh, a vegetable. It's not a good movie. I, um, I... It's a little bit funny. I had read that she had the one scene, so I was just like, no. But anyway, I, all that to say, that, uh, that was a movie that I did see with her in it. <laughs> In 2013, her and Ben uh, co-founded uh, on the on the day productions. Mm-hmm. Um, she said they named it because whenever something wasn't working out, she would always say, "You know what? It's going to work out on the day." Um, and Tammy was their first, mm-hmm. uh, as you mentioned before. Uh, they've produced Tammy, the Boss, Life of the Party, The Happy Time Murders, Super Intelligence, which is coming out in 2019, and Margie Claus, which is like in the works. Um, Margie Claus? Oh yeah, my god, I there, can't wait. There's also lots of other projects that they have um, down the line, but those those are the, the big ones. Um, uh, she started a fashion line. Yeah, she did. Um, because uh, you know, she like, originally started out right. as a fashion designer. Um, so 
She teamed with Sunrise Brand to manufacture her first clothing collection, Melissa McCarthy 7, with the, with the number 7 afterwards. For plus-size women, the line will include clothes up to size 28. McCarthy states that people don't stop at size 12. I feel like there's a big thing missing where you can't dress to your mood above a certain number. Malls segregate plus-size clothing stores and hide these stores away from other sections of the mall. Yeah. Um, the fashion line debuted in 2015 on the Home Shopping Network. I think, I think that line specifically is actually finished she said that it, oh oh okay but she has said that she wants to well she said she wants to create a new line um and make it a little bit more accessible at a better price point for more people to um, have access to it but, um, in terms of awards she's not hurting she mm-hmm. was nominated twice for the baptist twice for the academy awards critics choice awards six times golden globes twice she Screen has Actors two. Guild. oh well that's emmys emmys she has two nominated eight and Screen Actors Guild, three She has eight Emmy nominations. I guess yes. Mike and Molly are probably every season. Mike and Molly was on for a while. Yeah. Uh, just the PS, she was, when she signed the contract for Mike and Molly, she said she was doing, she she was legally obligated to do six um, years of Mike and Molly. So, I mean, she was working so hard to film 10,000 episodes of Mike and Molly a year while she was out also, like, what smeagle away to go shoot you know these movies that were coming out because she was such a hot property but she was like kind of chained to um cbs for a little while um and i i'm sure she constance Wu praised the day when the, the show was over <laughs> oh absolutely um real quick before we move into our picks to just want to mention in terms of charities melissa mccarthy uh has done work for children's diabetes foundation and the live strong foundation and she's uh you know supporting causes for cancer children's health diabetes and empowering women so those are all great things and yeah yeah she fully feel i mean i've heard her talk about how she say me and ben will be driving around you know taking the kids to school violin lessons whatever and she'll look at him and they'll both just be like, what is our life? Isn't yeah. this so insane? It is so insane. We're both these two fucking dorks from Illinois. Um, ben is also from Illinois. And that they found each other at the Groundlings and that they have so much agency in their work now. And I mean, honestly, it's mostly because of her, not because of Ben. Um, even though I think he's um, uh, a great Dude, you know, I have nothing bad to say about him. Right. Um, I, but, like, it's truly her star power, her uh, magnetism. I'll say this. It was very hard for me to pick a one-star review because there is not a movie where she doesn't show up. Melissa McCarthy has so much charisma. She elevates everything that she does. She has the char- charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. And talent. Okay. Uh, so, I think that wraps up our rewind. So, why don't we go into our one-star reviews just so we can get, get it out of the way. Yeah, yeah. One star review goes to 2016's Ghostbusters. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. It's literally. Wow, the, wow. Wow, wow. It's the only movie that I thought hobbled her. It's you know, every other movie that I saw of her, it it, it she. It, it is interesting. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but please. I will say, out of that cast of talented ladies, mm-hmm. she gets stuck with a very straight man role. Yeah. And it's and, and not to say that she can't do that. She did that um, in you know Saint Vincent. She took the back seat for that. Here's the thing: I want more female reboots of everything. I want more female things. I want more things for hot dumb Chris Hemsworth. I want more thing for uh, you know all these really Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones. I want more things for all of them. This movie though, I think, was saddled with so much expectation. 
and uh, this it, it feels like a movie made right. for a committee by committee and it's it, this is the movie that literally showcases her the very least it, and I've never seen her so one dimensional yeah every other movie there's at least you know there's the outrage there's the magnetism there's you know the fun the lightheartedness there's everything and here it's just like you know there's like a booster pack abby is that comfortable it's a lot heavier than i expected and i'm pretty sure it's compacting my spinal column but so you're gonna want to plant your feet firm okay bend your knees to compensate for the extra kickback all right turning the machine on Boy, she's got an impressive purr. All right, so that's the target right there. Just put your thumb on that red trigger button there yep. and go to town. Okay. And here we go. No, I I agree with you for the most part. It's not a it's not a movie I love, and I always feel I always feel worry about saying that that I'm, I know that's I'm going to be I, that. Like, I know. I that's the, the sexist male. Who that's what I don't want to see. Yeah. Like I don't want to say like, oh fuck this movie, but like, and but there is issues there. There is, and that's yeah. one of the things where it's like it it the controversy about it was so stupid and so and no, juvenile, stupid. But then because of that controversy, as an audience, you want it to be so good, yeah. and it's not. And it's hard because you know individually, all of these women are right. such fucking superstars. This is the thing I was talking about. Everybody's improving. Everybody's doing their own thing. And yeah. maybe because of that, Melissa McCarthy sort of took a small back seat. Yeah. Because because literally, as scene partners, you have to talk to each other. Right. And if everybody's doing their own thing, I'll be honest, I, I love... Um, Kay McKinnon? Yeah, Kay McKinnon in the movie. But she is being so wacky, so yeah. out there, that she's barely responding to anything that's happening right. with the other characters. It's almost as if, like... Kate McKinnon is in her own movie. Yeah. Leslie Jones is kind of in her own movie. Yeah, like it's I mean, she's just kind of like the... Uh, it's it's weird that she's kind of like, I know New York and like the subway's right. crazy. And then you have... I've never seen a movie where Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig were the drips. Yeah. And this yeah. is what this movie is. And it sucks. I'm with you there. She, her character is underdeveloped and undefined in a way. You know, and, and constantly... You know the the note that they they bang over and over again is she's like the stick in the mud, right? Like the one who's like ghosts aren't real, like right. like whatever. And I, uh, I, I yeah, I was searching through all of her filmography and I was like, where is it? Where is it when Melissa McCarthy didn't show up? And you know, like this is like the closest I got to it um, because that paired with kind of like the flat character, the flat. Like, yeah. I mean, when you think about like. <laughs> Everything about this movie was just, like, marketed to fucking hell and back. Yeah. Um, I still have a can of the re-released Ecto Cooler in my fridge. Who made that? Oh, it's High C. How do you I not know that, kiddo? Oh, that's right. You're younger than me. <laughs> Relax. You're a babe. Relax. You can't call a 31-year-old a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I I don't want to shun this movie too much. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, it is I my one star review. Of everything that I watched of hers, like, this is my least enjoyed experience backward and forward my least favorite character at least with everything else even if they were unsuccessful movies i laughed and i thought she was making choices that were interesting um so my one star review and i think i hopefully am not offending you by picking this but that's the you know we have different opinions we have mixed reviews is um 2014's tammy <gasps> i know i love it no but i i'm I, not a tammy stan okay but. well that and this is the thing it's funny because i almost did the same thing too and i 
I genuinely assume that you were you would think that my one star review would be the Happy Time Murders, but I'll be honest, it's a terrible movie and a and a chore to watch, but not her. No, I mean that movie, and and I get why she fine. she picked to do it because you know it's it it could be executed correctly, like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit, yeah, like a really interesting. Instead, the script feels like it's written by a thirteen year old. She did uncredited rewrites on that, by the way, so I can only imagine what it was like before she got her hands on it. So when I searched through her filmography and I had to find something that, uh, the thing that I don't like about Tammy is not necessarily her performance, which I think is fine, and I think she's do- she's created a kind of interesting surface-level character, is the right. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem with Tammy is, and it's it, like this, because I double-featured Tammy and Identity Thief. Okay. And so I was thinking that thing that you said about Adam Sandler is fresh in my brain, and because I was double-featuring them, I, that was the thing I noticed for Tammy, is Tammy does not have... A character arc in the movie. She doesn't really learn a lesson. She starts off as kind of a miserable, stupid person, and in the end, she's a happier, stupid person. But it doesn't, like, it never fully coalesces into something. If anything, Susan Sarandon gets a story arc in the film because she grows to accept that she's an older person who has to take care of herself. And Tammy almost doesn't ever learn that lesson she and you could say that she she learns to like be with somebody that loves her because there's the mark duplass thing which by the way they have no chemistry together and he's literally in four scenes and i don't understand their whole their whole thing oh really i couldn't i was like what what is happening the last scene where they're at niagara Niagara falls Falls. no and she says something so incredibly stupid at the end i was just like nothing this character doesn't grow and i i get if you're being realistic people don't some people don't grow. <laughs> That's your takeaway, Gavin. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but this wasn't a fucking documentary. This was a movie. I so counterpoint. I was rewatching it, and I was like, "This is a woman who, I mean, has this kind of fucked up relationship with her mother." Right. And I mean, the, the movie starts with her realizing that her husband is cheating on her. Right. After she's fired from her job, it's a woman whose life falls apart. She's fired from her job. Yep. Uh, she comes home. Sees that her husband has been cheating on her with Tony Collette uh, in a real thankless role. Yeah, I love Tony Collette, but honestly, she has like four lines. It, it's literally just to be like, "Hey, Tony Collette's here." Yeah, yeah. Um, and she goes to her mom, and her mom, um, Allison Jenny, Allison Jenny, who's super uptight and very controlling. Yeah. Um, essentially, this I mean, the whole uh, this woman who is life is falling apart, and she says, "I'm getting out of town," and the mom says, "You always say that. You never do it. You." Right. And it's kind of like this, like. You always fucking talk, but you're always going to come back. You're going right. to go work at the McDonald's or whatever the fuck it was called. It's just, and it's kind of like they shit on her a lot. And so, uh, and and the grandmother character, who is this alcoholic, Susan Surrounded, says, take me with you, bitch, and we'll go. I'll pay for the whole fucking thing. Right. And you're right. Tammy as a character is unlikable to uh, the T, like the max. Right. And, and but, the, but what makes it worse for me as an audience member is there's those hallmark moments where you bring in another character who teaches them a lesson and then the character changes. But that doesn't happen here. So you get this ama- that there's so it becomes a road trip movie right. and they stop many places and one of the places is Kathy Bates who is uh Susan Sarandon's cousin yeah. or yeah and, who's a lesbian and uh Sandra O oh is her girlfriend. Great casting all around. Everybody in this movie <laughs> 
Yeah. Fantastic. The, the main thing is, like, so Susan Sarandon's character is this alcoholic, and uh, Melissa McCarthy throughout this movie tells her, like, can you please, like, relax, right. like, calm down, don't drink tonight, please. Because um, she's always just kind of, like, going off the rails. Um, and she feels like she has to take care of her. I mean, and she's she is seeing Susan Sarandon's body kind of fall apart. Yeah. You know, she's trying to hide Those her... Those prosthetic swel- angles yeah. were... Yeah. yeah. And, and she's and she's and she loves her grandmother and she's she is scared and nervous about her. Um, but it's 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 typical kind of like lashing out because these people around her do not give a fuck. Right. And um, there's a great moment where Kathy Bates is like, buckle up, kid. Like, this is fucking life. She Kathy Bates wrote this line. She says, you think this house just fell on my head one day? I had to work hard. You know, gay hadn't always been in fashion, my friend. Suzanne and I, you had any idea how hard we had to work? We didn't have anything handed to us. You need to grow up, honey. You don't know anything about me. You're not that mysterious. Dogs are mysterious. Oh, cats, birds. Fish. Fish are the most mysterious. That made a mint, thank you, Jesus. That we're not mysterious. She's like, yeah, your grandmother's a fucking drunk. You can be sad about it or, you know, fucking figure, like, do, you can't control that. Right. Control your life. Um, and for me, that was the kind of, like, the growth moment, the arc moment. I mean, I, I think it works as a message. Is the message implemented in the film? No. For me, it's perhaps not. Sure. Um, also, Fair. I've heard this complaint before. I will say, watching her over, um, over the course of such a short period of time, um, the I, I didn't feel this way as much, but I feel like a lot of these films are marketed as kind of, and I'm going to put this in a vulgar way as possible, fatty fall down. Ah. Um, Tammy does have more of that than I think most of the films do. Um but also, I will give her credit, as well, I'll give her slack to that. It was the first film she co-wrote that her husband was directing. Obviously, she's going to rely on on the like the funnier thing. I mean, because there's an extended scene where she's like working herself up to rob a restaurant because she robs a restaurant yeah, at a point yeah, and then yeah. they give the money back. Where she's like dancing and it just goes on forever. And I was just like, I I got it. Guys. Do you like, think? And this is I don't know if this. Do you think the um. I feel like a lot of comedians do that, like his physical humor. Yeah. And it, is it, is there an implicit like bias or like, how can she get around? I mean, she is right. a plus size woman, like, you know, and, and, and she is, as we mentioned before, very physical. So, yeah. And so it's like, I, she has all these tools, like the right. comedian tools, like the Pratt Falls is doing all the stuff, but she cannot help that she is the way she looks or whatever. Oh, absolutely. And so she's doing, she's, she's being comedic and, right. but, everything is going to be seen through a filter of, like, oh, a fat person right. doing the thing and, like, you know. Well, and, th- and that's why, like, I mean, in researching this episode, even even in just Googling her name earlier today, just to see if there's anything I missed, like, the first article that came up was about her weight loss. Mm. And it is and it is really frustrating, yes, that it, that it becomes a focal point. As I said, there are times where some of these movies do feel like, like, oh, a fat person's a human too, guys. Not her movies necessarily, but movies that, that do this sort of thing. Um, what movies do, I mean, I don't mean to like belabor, but like, cause I remember seeing a lot of these movies and just thinking, I, you don't see people that look like Melissa McCarthy right. 
being funny, being hurt, like in Identity Thief, that that story is fully like no one no one wanted me. No one right. wanted me and so I had to do shit myself. You know, and there's so it always feels like there's like this kind of like dark underbelly between for all these movies. In Tammy, it's fully, you know, like uh, uh no one she and she says she's like I'm very awkward with like love and blah blah blah. I my I'm a fucking loser. And and they her grandmother, Susan Surrender, calls her a fucking loser. Yeah. She's, she, when she's wasted, she says, you're a fucking loser who's fat. Who the fuck would want to be with you? Who cares what you say? And that's fucking crazy, you know? Like, yeah. And and so, so like, it's almost like the pyramid of these movies is always based on, like, there's a woman out there who was not loved right. because of the way she is or looks. And trust me, if you've, if you've ever been, regardless of if it's a family member or not, if you've ever been called fat to your face... Like, by somebody who genuinely means it and is trying to hurt you. Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah, I fucking bet. I mean, yeah. and I... Uh, uh, I'm speaking of a place that, like, that has never happened to me. Right. And I feel very... It's, it's happened... I was once... I Like, there was once a woman yelling at her child at a Target. And, like, I turned around to look at what was happening. And she went off on me. And she was like... She was like, you know, mind your fucking f- business, fat boy. And I, I did, like, admittedly, it's a stolen line, but I just turned and I was like, you know what, lady, I might not always be fat, but you're always going to be a terrible mom. <laughs> because I was just like, I can't, I yeah. can't have this. Um, all that to say, I think th- there is always this baseline of, like, a woman, and, it, and it's inherent because Melissa McCarthy looks the way she is, a woman who is of a certain size, who has been yeah. hurt, who has not been loved or accepted by society, right. that's what happens in Identity Thief, that's what yeah. happens in Tammy, that's, like, it's, it's... And but the, the the different characters that sprout from that like place of like hardness yeah. is what she's exploring in all these movies, which I think you know what, even if the movies aren't like the best, I right. at least I would rather at least see that than like some other fucking boohoo white dude who's like right. skinny. And so I at least appreciate. Um, first of all, I appreciate her fucking casting Kathy Bates and everything she does because yeah. oh, Queen yeah. and Allison Janney as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so it was weird coming back to see these movies on a second glance and being like, I at least appreciate that she has the agency and power in her career to be like, we are fucking making this movie. We are going to fucking talk about, you know, women who look a certain way and are fucking weird and are a little bit gross and who deserve love. And, right. uh, yeah, I mean, the, the love story is very like whatever in this yeah. movie. And I, well, I, I, once again, Tammy was her first. Yeah. First, you never forget your first. <laughs> um, and I do think like it's just it's a little all over the place. And I think she and Ben Falcone have sort of learned to, um, like curb some of those impulses. But anyways, I digress. Before we move into our our five star reviews, was there anything else that you saw that you didn't particularly like? I do just once once again want to mention the Happy Time Murders. And that movie is a chore to get through. Uh, I always think that before, of, but, all I like, could think of was like, I bet you this movie is really fun when you're high. Yeah. The boss is not my favorite. Yeah. I think Michelle Darnell is a very good character. Yeah. Making an entire movie about it was kind of yeah. like, Meh. she would be, she would be a fun character to show up in sketches. And yeah. Whatnot. All right. So let's move into our five star reviews. There are so many bangers from her that you could truly, you know, endlessly rewatchable. Yeah. If it fucking shows up on TNT, TBS, I am watching, okay? Um, but my pick um, is 2015's Spy. Oh, fuck you. Fuck me, because I chose it, bitch. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm not going to change mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Another, it's, and it's crazy because it's also a Paul Feig movie. Yeah. Um, who also did Ghostbusters? My one star review. I, I, well, I wonder in terms of his direction and in terms of like the thing I was talking about about the editing and like really not servicing the characters or the jokes, letting them stay out for you. I wonder if because this is an action comedy, and as he's mentioned, it is not a spoof. It is no. not a parody. No. It's an action comedy, and I wonder if that caused him because there's so much choreography to be tighter in the way that he directs. Because I also think it's Paul Feig's best directorial effort. Oh. Um, so if you don't know, um, Spy is about um, Susan Cooper, who is kind of like the behind-the-scenes voice in the ear of a spy played by Jude Law. She's a re- remote CIA agent, and um, she's madly in love with him and always is just like hoping one day that they will get together. And she's like always complimenting him. And antics ensue when he gets killed, perhaps? Right. And, and the rest of the CIA agents, main undercover agents, get exposed. Yeah. And so she says, no one knows who I am. I can go out and get the info. Allison Janney, again, in this yeah. movie as the CIA director, says, you know, we're sending you to Budapest and... um report on so you know get us information to blah 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 she goes undercover as like (laughs) increasingly like sad lady sadder sadder as it goes along yeah which is it's really funny it's like like, cat ladies um one of the best scenes is when she first the first one she receives and she's like the vice president of yeah yeah. she's like couldn't invite the president yeah (laughs) it's a really sad um but nine cats (laughs) come on guys She's she's so good. Um, again, the MVP secret weapon Rose Byrne shows up yep. as a villainess. Yeah, and she is so fucking funny. The other MVP of this film, and he had done, Jason Statham. He had done comedies before. <laughs> Holy but, like, shit! He's so fucking funny, and he probably gets, or at least it feels like the most improv yeah. in the movie. And, and he. It's, Hilarious. He and knows. the reactions, the way they play off each other. You look absolutely stunning tonight, here, darling. What the fuck are you doing in here, Rosal? Well, that's quite a tone change, isn't it? What are you doing in here? You are completely compromising me right now. Uh, I'm compromising you. Fucking hilarious. You're about to cause a scene trying to get into this fucking place. Give me a little credit. What do you think I'm going to do? Run over there and be like, hey, I'm a crazy lady. Where's the buffet? I'm from the Midwest. Where's Blue Man Group? Okay? I am not an idiot for it. You are an idiot. And you should not be in this casino. His Toluca's here, and I need to get close to him. Yeah. How are you going to do that? Huh? How are you going to do that, Cooper? We're going to seduce him. That your big fucking plan? Yeah, what if it is? Why, why is that so hard to believe? Because you look like a flute player in a wedding band. That's fucking why I'm here to take the Luca out. Oh, it sounds romantic. I hope you get lucky. God damn it. If I was trying to sound romantic, you'd be lying on the floor, soaking wet and breathless, wondering what came over you. But I'm not. Stay away from me, Ford. And do not let Deluca see you. And by the way, I can see your gun sticking out of your back pocket. Unless you're so extreme that you've got a second dick coming out of your hip. This movie shows the full range of Muslim. Absolutely. That's the other thing about it. She is playing the straight woman for a lot of the time. So she is the mild-mannered person in the office. Then she's, like, working her spy gig. Then she has to pretend to be from, like, fucking Iowa or something. You know, and the layer that that is... The inception of this movie. And then she has to pretend to be this hard-ass bodyguard. Yeah, and and that's where... So you see, like, the mild-manneredness, and then all the way to when she turns up to 11, she's like, who the fuck is this guy? I'm gonna fucking shoot you, kill you, and she... And you see her go full throttle, and it's insane to and see her. She works every fucking level, like a volume of her acting abilities. And I like that it, like it informs her character as it goes along, as you see like the different ways that it changes her as a person too. Yeah, her 
best friend from the office shows up, tags her because she's worried about her, and she's significantly mean her yeah. to her, yeah. but not in like a way that's not still friendly, but in a way that's like clearly she has to be because this is now a life and death situation. Yeah, and it's funny though because but every time so she like puts on the like really hard whatever, yeah, but then she's like, oh my god, what is happening? Like, <laughs> she, and, the, and always underneath is this like her a um being a fucking normal human being yeah. be just still trying to like you know avenge this man she was in love with who like never gave her time of day um and uh yeah you just see her full powers from like a to z I will, there's only one bad part of this movie and his name is 50 cent yeah yeah it's true he's barely in it though he really is thank god it. um uh, I will also say the, you know, I saw her, I watched her do a bunch of interviews about this movie. And one of the things I really enjoyed is she talks about, and it's, and it's very divine in the film. So I didn't really need her to tell me, but just in case you do need the backup, one of the great things about this movie is this is not, uh, this is, it's just a movie about a person who's gaining confidence. Yeah. She has these skills but no one believes in her. Right. There's this amazing scene towards the beginning where she's talking to her friend over dinner and she's telling her all the things her mom used to tell her. I still, you know, hear my mom's voice. Well-behaved women often make history. Yes, you do know the phrase as well-behaved women seldom make history. Yeah, that's yeah. never how she said it. What were her others? Um, oh, just blend in, let somebody else win. Classic. I got that a lot in yeah. high school. And there was a... Give up on your dreams, Susan. Just to write that in my lunchbox. Yeah. Not only does she learn the confidence in herself, but she's then able to use everyone else's underestimation of her yeah. against them. And the thing is, like, she is not, um, and it's like the farthest thing away from a Mary Sue, because they yeah. tell you in the movie, you graduated top of your class and you were really great in the field. Like, what happened? And right. she's like, oh, I don't know. Like, other people are better. They right. need to, like, and so she's pulling herself back for the benefit of, this really hot fucking spy just because she thinks she's not worthy of being on the same pedestal as him. I will say this. I um, Not that I want them to replace Paul Feig and literally the only reason the movie was made because he wrote it as well is because he was like, no one is ever going to let me direct a James Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. So this is my James Bond movie. Um, but if they did replace him as director for a sequel I really want them to hire Susan Fogel who directed The Spy Who Dumped Me oh yeah because the action scenes in The Spy Who Dumped Me are like Mission Impossible level shit yeah like, and, yeah, and yeah. that's and that's maybe the only thing that like though the kitchen fight scene is very fucking incredible good. in Spy so she's armed with like a frying pan yeah. and this like a hot girl with like a million knives yeah it's so good it's so good apparently that scene took days and days to choreograph because oh, they just they they mapped it out with computers and everything but where everything but yeah I can I also cannot say enough good things I'm a sucker for a spy movie anyways mm -hmm. but just it is pitch perfect from beginning to the end her character work is amazing her comedic skills everything about that movie and 100 that's also my pick I don't want to I before we we move into our fast forward though obviously obviously shout out to Kenya forgive me yeah um it is probably her outside of spy but see this is the thing spy is her excelling at the at the thing she does uh can you forgive me is almost a surprising performance yeah. because your brain is like she's a comedian and this is a very serious yeah. role um and she does bring those comedic comedian skills to can you forgive me but it is a much more serious role. it feels like she's stretching her abilities and right. it's really exciting and fun to see like yeah what's fucking incredible is that she is bankable as a movie star yeah. and she is bringing people to the box office 
and she's able to do right. create things by herself and her husband and that she really loves that no one else is making. Right. No one else is making movies like that. And go to these like indies and get them put on, you know, right. uh, elevate them to yeah. And that's the other interesting thing too is even when she does have like a, like a quote unquote disaster, Happy Time Murders is a disaster. It yeah. lost a ton of money. It was the same year as Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yeah. Where she's nominated for an Academy Award. Yep. So she's clearly doing something right. Yeah. This is maybe one of the most fun things. And, and like I said, these are endlessly rewatchable movies. Yeah, a lot of them are so rewatchable. Because they're packed with jokes. They're packed with gags. It's a true treat. Absolutely. Before we move into our fast forward, though, let's do our mixed reviews reviews. Yes. So my one-star review was 2014's Tammy. Mine was 2016's Ghostbusters. And my five-star review was Spy from 2015. As was mine. Excellent. (laughs) So now we're in our fast forward where we talk a bit about what's coming up for a person. As we mentioned before, uh, The Kitchen is out right now. Yes. um, And it is being trashed. It is being dragged through the mud. And uh, it sucks because uh, it features... Three very incredible lauded actresses. We've got uh, Melissa, we've got uh, Tiffany Haddish, and, and Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth, yeah, and so uh, two of them who are comedic titans of our generation um, in Melissa and Tiffany, um, and then Elizabeth Moss, who is known for being this like great dramatic actress, uh, and it's based off of a comic book. Yes, uh, DC Comics. Um, and it just, yeah, it's, it, you know, a lot of the reviews I've read have um, have said that it's not Melissa McCarthy's fault. It doesn't seem to... They, I have read some that say Tiffany Haddish is wasted, but the, that Melissa McCarthy is kind of the bright spot. But it almost all reviews I've read have said something along the lines of it feels like the studio came in and just really butchered everything because I bet because it's it it seems that the a lot of the reviews are also commenting on the quality of the film in the way that it's put together mm. that it doesn't really make a lot of sense and to be honest I'm now a little more curious to see it even because I'm like I want to see like how it's edited and well know. a part of me also feels like the, the couple of reviews I read felt a little bit like men talking about women in, in film you right. know I was like and and so the movie is kind of like revengey right. and like women take over the thing also the film was shot in 38 days for a film like this that's an incredibly small amount of time yeah I I I hear it's very violent. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not super pumped to go get there and check that out, but I I want to give it the benefit of doubt. All I have to say, it looks like the kitchen's going to kind of come and go. Yeah. Not really a big um, bright spot in her career, but I think it's going to, um, it's kind of signaling that right. she is continuing to stretch. And that's, and that's the one thing I really, I genuinely hope that it does not um, affect her moving more towards these dramatic roles because I do enjoy her seeing them seeing her in them and also as she had said before she started you know in these kind of darker plays so it's interesting to finally see that come on the screen looking forward um so it says super intelligence is coming out this year yes is it I don't know it's a little late in the air it's a little late in the air we haven't seen any trailers any you know promo for it at all um, but this is, uh, like you said, one of her uh, movies with Ben Falcone um, from their On the Day productions. Um, there was a big 
hoopla earlier this year about her being cast in Little Mermaid as Ursula. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, which she is still not fully confirmed. She did talk. She's talked about it on a couple talk shows, and every time she's been a little like, "Am I, girl?" Um, get her confirmed. Uh, I think she's gonna be excellent. I think I, think, I do th- too. And I think the other thing that people, you know, I know a lot of people are like, it should be a drag queen. Obviously, you've ever heard Harvey Firestein do Poor Unfortunate Souls? It's amazing. Uh-huh. I'll admit that in the past I've been a nasty. They were kidding when they called me well witch. But you'll find that nowadays I've mended all my ways. Repentance in the light and made a switch. True, yes. But she used to do drag in her in her stand-up act. Yeah, like the, I people it. do the research. And like, it's it's. I think this is all part of our outrage culture yeah. on Twitter or whatever. Like, yeah. Melissa McCarthy is incredible. If we yeah. were going to get you know uh, anyone uh, to do this, it's like it, it, this is not a bad thing. You right. know, this is a. A plus-size woman who has the comedic chops. She is funny as fuck. And don't you want to see a villainous Melissa McCarthy? Right. That sounds yeah. incredible. Absolutely. I do want to. And, like, I'll be I think people also forget because Ursula's so body and so big in terms of presence mm-hmm. that um, she is scary towards the end of that movie. And I kind of want to see Melissa McCarthy be scary. I do, absolutely. Um... I mean, there's there's a bunch of movies in production. Obviously, once again, she is so early on in her career and and making moves. Uh, she has this. She does have a dramatic thing coming out that's in that's filming right now called The Starling. Yep. Um, which is uh, uh, sounds like a pretty dramatic movie about death. Um, there's a movie she's been trying to get made for years about Tinkerbell, where she plays Tinkerbell. Oh my god! So I know this. yeah. So yes, yeah, she's got a ton of stuff ahead of her. Yeah. Where would you like to see her go? Um. Pittsburgh. <laughs> First of all, Pittsburgh is the loveliest time of year. Uh, no, I I think talking more and more about her as Ursula makes me really excited. Yeah, I think. I mean, once again, Disney, evil, whatever they own everything. Right. Like, right. You know, of course. these remakes are vacuous. Whatever. Of course, <laughs> all that to say, when you see women playing, like I love seeing her play against type. I guess yeah. you know. Um, her- and she's mentioned that before. Her 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 want in life is to like be nice and like yeah, yeah, yeah. make sure things are right. She is supremely unlike all of her characters. She is not out there yelling and like throwing well, she, profanities. She's talked in many interviews about how her biggest thing is collaboration. You know, she wants to work with people that have ideas, that come in with ideas that want to talk about things. With, yeah. You know, and she's more interested in that than having somebody that's, you know, like, I don't know. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I... I, I'm excited to see, like, where, in a post-Can You Ever Forgive Me world, like, yeah. is she going to continue doing that stuff and kind of maybe put on the back burner more of these, like, straight comedic roles, or is she going to still be able to kind of juggle it all? Um, I think also it's really exciting and fun that now she's not chained to a big TV show yes, situation. Absolutely. So she can, like, I mean, she was doing so much while she was on the show. Imagine now. Well, I mean, just think about it now, post Mike and Molly... She, you know, she had two movies last year. She has a movie this year, possibly a second movie this year. So, like, yeah, obviously she's now able to work all the time. Her daughters are still young, but they're yeah. not, you know, they're, they're not baby babies. babies. Yeah. So, like, she's she's got all this momentum. And that's, yeah, I agree. I, I, I do wonder what a post, can you ever forgive me, world for Melissa McCarthy is. 
do I want to see her constantly doing dramatic performances? I don't know if I necessarily do, but like, I don't mind if she's in like one dramatic role a year, you know, as long as we're still getting some of the comedies and she's still, you know, but she still has the ability to make you laugh as well as me. Right. What I do love though, is like, she makes so many, she's never boring. It's never like these, there are so many actresses who just play themselves and do the thing and people like them for that. And that's fine. Melissa McCarthy's going to walk in and make, decisions yeah. she is gonna put up she's gonna find the wig she's going to find the costume she is um always reaching for more she's yeah. not gonna settle for like oh i make i've never seen her do a cash grab really like ghostbusters is probably as close as you're gonna yeah. get and i think even that was like but she, kind of because her friend was doing right her friend know? was making this movie that yeah. i mean it had lots of uh money tied to it but like everything else she's reaching for something else and it's mostly probably because for a lot of her career people were like you can't do this you're not the girl that's going to be in our thing and so i just love seeing her continue to reach for more it's just so refreshing and um it, nothing felt like a chore to rewatch did i rewatch ghostbusters no but <laughs> um i uh you know even the unsuccessful things like the boss and tammy that were kind of disasters at the box office or um, critically yeah i was like god she's so fucking good um and i did just real quick back on little mermaid by the way and i'm just i'm happy she's in a musical because i do want to see her perform i want to see her perform the fuck out of it you know do you think she'll ever come back to theater that's a solid question i would love to i mean i would love to see her on broadway in something anything i'll be honest let's see her do hello dolly i mean she's a little young she's a little young for it but uh but i mean even just like that energy that physicality yeah. imagine seeing that live on a stage like yeah oof. oh yeah she'd be fantastic yeah and i, I bet people would be falling out of their chairs like yeah. she's so fucking hilarious <laughs> anyways that is all to say melissa mccarthy we love you we adore yeah we, we are adore the, we are the official vice presidents of the melissa mccarthy <laughs> fan club happily so yeah yeah can we not be president? Couldn't be president. <laughs> really? I'm so sorry. I'll take care of my cats. Um, but thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, so now that we've wrapped up Melissa McCarthy, we're going to go away and decide what we're doing for our next episode. But if you want to contact us in the meantime, you can tweet at us at, at the Mixed Reviews. You can also find us on Facebook. Just type in The Mixed Reviews. You can write us an email at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. And you can find us everywhere. Listen to us on Stitcher Radio. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, yeah. iHeartMedia. Um... Google Play Music, and if you are a listener of us on uh, iTunes Podcast, I don't, I can never get it right what they're calling themselves nowadays. No. Um, iPodcast, Apple Podcast, that's it. That's it. Uh, Apple Podcast, please leave us a five star review and write us a little note. We'll read it on the show. Yep. Thank you so much, everybody. This past. Uh, few weeks who has actually left us one it really helps out and makes us more visible to everybody else so they know that this little film podcast is out there yeah um, and if you have an Alexa to say Alexa play Carly Rae Jepsen and that's the same thing <laughs> and you'll I, feel great yeah and that's the same thing as listening to the mixed reviews guys absolutely so. it brings you the same amount of joy <laughs> yeah it brings you emotions <laughs> thank you for running away with us yeah, and uh, yeah. we'll come back in two weeks and talk to you again alright thanks guys thanks yes I can get, I can get bigger. I can get any laugh as big as you. With one look, with a glance. Till they cry. With their pants. Till they roar. Till they soar. I'll get more. Oh, I can belt a D-flat and I'll never be flat. I don't have to warm up. I can act a storm up. I can do a concert tour. With hip-hop and rap? Well, after a nap. Okay, you got me there.